You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you on this Tuesday after the Super Bowl. It'll be okay. Trust us. How the heck are you? We are Miller and Moulton. This is the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. And it is Fat Tuesday. First off, I've been fat on Tuesday since the Clinton administration. And secondly, this day helped make Miller and Moulton happen back in the day. Isn't that right, Mark? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, David. And happy Fat Tuesday to you. I'm going to eat all damn day. (laughs) Mark, this just in. I live my life like every day is Fat Tuesday, but I never get to the Ash Wednesday part. See, that's the thing. I'm, I'm stuck on Fat Tuesday. I understand, but it was many years ago that uh David was working afternoons, I was doing mornings in Southwest Florida, and David was doing a show on Fat Tuesday. In fact, and Pat Kerwin joins us on this Fat Tuesday in a couple hours brought to you by Pinchers. I was on location at a Pinchers. Okay. So you were at a Pinchers. I knew you weren't in studio. Right. And you were doing a show about fat athletes, having a little fun with Fat Tuesday. Who are right. your favorite fat athletes? Right. And I was enjoying the hell out of it, doing my sales calls in the car. And I came in, and I went to our your producer at the time, our old producer, John, and I walked in with a sheet of paper and had like five athletes written down. I said, here, you're missing these guys. And John, because it was territorial, not that David and I were rivals or anything, but I did my show, David at his show. He didn't come on my show. I didn't go on his show. That's just the way things worked. So I handed him this piece of paper. I was trying to, you know, provide a little bit of help with some other athletes that they had missed. And John just pointed, said, sit down. Don't leave. Right. And John kind of introduced me and said, Mark's got something to add. And we ended up doing an hour. Right. And it was fun. Yeah. And we had a really good time. That was, to me, the first time that I said, Miller and Moulton together will work. And the funny thing is, Miller and Moulton had done many an hour together. It was just usually at a bar. Right. Okay, this was the first time in which we didn't have drinks associated with it. So that's why, you know, you and I, it was just like picking up after a hockey game. You know, we were just starting a little early. And so people were surprised. It's like, you guys are going to do a show? It's like, well, actually, it's kind of the basis of our friendship. We've done shows. We've done hundreds of them before and after games and what have you. But, yes, this was the first time we were ever on the air together. It was a a Fat Tuesday. It was 19 years ago. Okay. It was, uh, I think it was 05. It might have been 06. No, it was 18 years ago. It was 06. It was Fat Tuesday in 06, and then a couple months later, you and I had been, you were mornings, I was afternoons, we did it for a year and a half, you know, do you did a show, then you sold, I sold, then did a show, it was hard, and we said, listen, we're, we don't have a lot of resources at this station, why are we splitting up our resources, why don't we just do one good show, okay, and at the time, Mike and Mike, you know, they were, you know, pretty good morning show. They were and, big, right, and we were yeah, we were not running them. So we thought it would so, be best to run them. And then just we'll do afternoons, and then we'll sell Mike and Mike. 
And so, you know, we can probably make the station better and make more money and make life a little easier for us. And, well, now here we are. And we're still, still, still putzing along. I'm still fat on Tuesdays, okay? And I don't know what's Mark's excuse. But Miller and Moulton, here we are. Thanks so much for being with us. David Sampson will join us in a little less than an hour. Pat Kerwin will join us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. He made it back from Vegas. I was worried because he was planning a red eye. And when we're playing a whole fifth quarter, I mean, the game literally went an hour longer than the game is supposed to go. And I know, even though the airport's pretty close, I know this is not going to be easy getting there. You know, so uh, Pat did make it. Uh, did his show. He got uh, he got in front of his computer, had his headset on about an hour before his show yesterday. Good. Good deal. You know, I have a question for you right off the hop, and I, I hate to bring Snark into the show this early. But right. for a guy who is very against the whole Happy New Year after a couple of days, you began right. the show this morning by saying the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. How long is it? I mean, is it going to be the Wednesday after the no. Super Bowl? Is it going no. to be the Thursday after the no. Super Bowl? How long are we going to carry this out, David? Uh, it'll probably die sometime during the show, actually. <laughs> All right. It really will. This will definitely be it. Pro- it'll probably die after Pat Kerwin. Kind of like, oh, okay. Got to put that sucker to bed. Now it's it's full steam ahead. You know, even though you know me in a parade and they are having their parade tomorrow. So there you have it. Yeah, well, they're getting good at these. They don't even have to they don't even have to put the route in the paper. Everybody knows the route by now. Well, and the funny thing is is that the Royals got them started. You know, they had to plan the Royals parade first in 2015. And then eventually the football team caught up. Did they ever? Yep. In fact, somebody uh, sent something out in which uh, I guess it was 10 or 11 years ago at this time that the Royals were coming off a 100-loss season and the Chiefs had gone 2-14. and 14. I think it was like 11 years ago today. You know, it was either 10 or 11 years ago today. So there's hope is what you're saying for all these and other that, cities you know, that are out there. And that they said, now look what's happened. Two World Series appearances and a title. You know, four Super Bowl appearances, three titles, basically like, you know, who to thunk it from where we were at this day in time. And so I throw that out there to try to be hopeful to you and who your teams are and go, you know, A, it's possible. And B, are you maybe, you know, b- below the surface? Are you an iceberg? Is your favorite team an iceberg? We're only seeing what's above the water, and as they say, there's far more below the water than above it. You know, like the Royals, their young players hadn't popped yet, and they were about to make some key veteran acquisitions. You know, the Chiefs, obviously, they ended up turning to this Andy Reid guy. You know, had a pretty good run with the Eagles. The other thing that's been pointed out is, is that when Andy Reid went to the Eagles, Andy Reid was one in four in NFC Championship games and zero and one in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid couldn't win the big one, and then remember his first AFC Championship game with the Chiefs, they lose in overtime to Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots. 
So heading into the 2019 season, Andy's been in six conference championship games. He's won one. And then the one Super Bowl he got to. Remember that long drive in Jacksonville in which the Eagles never did the hurry up and they did this eight. There's 10 minutes to go in the game when they get the ball and they take seven plus minutes on this long touchdown drive and they never go and hurry up the pace. And it's kind of like, guys, you're down 10. What are you doing? And the Patriots basically could run the ball three times and run out the clock. And some people were really questioning Andy Reid. Mark, I feel as if that's, I mean, look at Kyle Shanahan's record right now. And look at Andy Reid's record a half a dozen years ago. They're very similar. In fact, Kyle's been to two Super Bowls. And Andy had only been to one. And both, and Andy got blamed a lot more then than now for what? Not running the football. Yes. Uh, of being afraid and not not having a team that could convert third and one. Mm-hmm. And, hell, they had to run Mahomes in the Super Bowl to convert third and fourth and one. So but McCoyle, Shanahan's in that same, you know, what did Shanahan not do in the Super Bowl? He didn't run the ball in the third quarter. What did he do when he was with Atlanta? He didn't run the ball in the third quarter. I mean, there, I, there are more similarities than it meets the eye with these two. You know, Kyle Shanahan right now is what Andy Reid was a half a dozen years ago. He's a guy who can't win the big one. As a coordinator or as a head coach, he's been in three Super Bowls. He's had a double-digit lead in all three, two of them in the fourth quarter. He's yet to get a ring. And they've lost a couple of conference championship games along the way. Now, they've obviously won a couple. You know, Kyle's just taken the Niners to what? Four NFC title games in five years. Andy Reid, when he was in Philly, what did he do? Four straight conference championship games. I mean, there are a lot of similarities. Their age at the time. You know, Andy Reid, when he left Philadelphia, was in his early 50s, approaching mid-50s. Because Andy, I think, is uh, 65 now. I think, yeah, he turned 66 next month. So Andy's been in Kansas City about a decade. So at the end of Andy's run in Philly, Andy was like 53. Because he had, I think, he went straight to Kansas City, I believe. I don't think he had a year off. But you get the idea. And Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's still younger than that. But they, the similar, there are many. You, you can draw some parallels here. You can connect some dots, Mark, if you'd like to. So, you know, I know Kyle Shanahan, first off, I'm pretty sure he's not listening right now. And secondly, I'm sure he, it, if he was listening, he tuned it out four minutes ago because he's like, yeah, I don't want to hear this. But, you know, just trying to throw it out there, give you the sense that first off, if your city, the, the teams that you root for, like Mark, okay, what if now the Lions had a breakthrough season? Right. But what if we had told you, you know, like a year or so ago, two years ago even? Because didn't the Tigers a couple of years ago lose 100 games? Had to be and right around there. I mean, they've been pretty bad here for a while. So, And the we all know what the Lions had done up until the last couple of years, you know. And now, you know, and the Red Wings were the Dead Wings. Not quite as bad as they were in the 80s, but you know what I mean. They were going through this lull. 
And now you could make the case that, hey, you know, you could see a little something, something happen in here. No, there's light at the end of the tunnel for a Detroit sports fan. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, you know, and is it that way for a Florida fan base? You know, the problem is, you know, the lightning have won cups. You know, Bucks have won a Super Bowl. The Heat have won titles and played for titles. I mean, you know, it's don't know if it really applies in the state of Florida. It doesn't. No. Jacksonville won the division a year ago. The Rays right. have been consistently good. Right. But we know we have a lot of people listening who, you know, not necessarily grew up in Florida and root for Florida teams. So your favorite team may be elsewhere. Uh, listen, it turned around in Kansas City very quickly from 10 years ago. It can happen to you too. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour, top of the morning to you. Thanks so much for being with us, Miller and Moulton, along the Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Um, you know we have to start moving on to other sports. I, I get that. I do. I do. And and we have throughout. I mean, in fact, we get people going. What are you doing doing a NASCAR segment for? You know, NBA and that's season- just me. NBA season doesn't start till April. You know, we we actually do talk about other things a lot. But all right, here you go, my twenty bucks. Who's the team based on preseason odds that you would throw a few shekels on to win the Super Bowl next year? Um. A lot of places, the Niners are the favorite. I happen to have bet on lines odds in front of me. Here. Okay. And they have the Chiefs listed ahead of the Niners. All right. Five to one to six to one. Lions seven to one, by the way. I saw them at 11 to one somewhere else, but yes. Ravens 12 to one. Bills 14 to one. How about Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Along with. Jordan Love and the Packers at 16 to 1. You feeling it? A healthy Joe Burrow? And the Bengals getting back up on the horse? The Packers, are they going to be, you know, they snuck into the playoffs, which Detroit couldn't do in 2022. And then they made a little bit of noise. And Detroit probably would have made a little bit of noise if they had managed to get in in 2022. Could Green Bay next year be what Detroit was this year, if you know what I mean? Then the, you know what? I'm glad that I found this particular betting service and I'm going with their odds because they have the Cowboys and the Dolphins with the same odds. And the Cowboys and the Dolphins should be joined at the hip. They should be. They're the same team. Dolphins have had four straight winning seasons. They don't have a playoff win to show for it. We all know about the Cowboys. And they've had three consecutive 12-win seasons. They have one playoff win to show for it. And so the Cowboys and the Dolphins, along with the Eagles, are 18-1. to Then it's the Chargers. 22-1. to They just went 5-12. and The Chargers, think of all the teams with a winning record. 
that the Chargers are better odds to win the Super Bowls than better than the Texans, better than the Browns, better than the Jags, better than the Rams, better than the Colts, better than Tampa Bay, better than Pittsburgh. Hell, Seattle won nine games. They didn't make the playoffs, but they won nine games. All teams that had winning records, most of the teams I just rattled off made the playoffs. The Jim Harbaugh factor. Is he going to do in Los Angeles with the Chargers what he did in San Francisco with the Niners? Because that happened immediately. The Niners were a mess. Harbaugh comes in. And if a punt returner doesn't muff a punt, in the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game against the Giants, the Niners would have gone to the Super Bowl. By the way, does that sound familiar at all? Big game, a muffed punt, a screw-up on a punt. Does that sound familiar at all for the Niners? Twelve years later, it probably just cost them a Super Bowl. You know what? If, if we can go backwards in time for a second. Niners. They lost that game in the third quarter. We talked about, you know, they didn't run the ball. But remember, they get three stops to start the third quarter. The last stop was an interception. I mean, they got the ball in Chiefs territory. They don't, at one first down, they're at least getting a field goal. The lead's back up to 10. Yeah, and they went backward. The first nine possessions, Chiefs had nine possessions, five punts, two field goals, two turnovers. I mean, you got to be kidding. I mean, and the Niners didn't win that game? Think about that. If we had said before the game starts, by the way, Chiefs' first nine possessions, two field goals, two turnovers, five punts. You'd be like, holy blank, Niners are going to kick them. This is going to be the Bucks chiefs Super Bowl all over again. And if you really think about it, the only time the Chiefs put a drive together and scored a touchdown was in overtime. Only other touchdown they scored in the game was after the muffed punt. They got the ball in the red zone. By the way, just a couple of teams, and I've got—I don't have your odds in front of me, David. I've got the Hard Rock odds. They're—they're—they're okay. they're, they're quite different. Um, but you know, you mentioned the Dolphins. I've got the Dolphins at twenty to one. The Jags are thirty to one. Thirty-three to one on this one. Same. The Chargers, Jets, and Jags are all the same odds, as well as the Rams. But the Cleveland Browns are forty to one. Thirty-three to one on this one. Yeah. I know. Uh, for, I know. I mean, I know exactly. The, yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks at sixty to one. I get if you want to put them back there. Okay, whatever. But the Bears. I mean, the 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 Browns have a good defense. They do have Deshaun Watson, who before the injury played really well, and they in that I'm that one baffles me a little bit. I'm with you. I am with you. Also, the Rams, not they, they cleared out all their cap problems. I mean, unless Aaron Donald retires, but if Stafford and Donald are coming back, 
those two receivers, that coach, the transition that they made this year. So I just that was the team of all of the teams on here. When I looked at the Browns and their number, that one surprised me the most. I'm with you. The Rams at that number seem like a, some good value. Here's another team. What are the Steelers on the Hard Rock app? 75 to 1. 66 to 1 on this one. They did win 10 games last year. The Steelers, Raiders, Saints, Seahawks, and Cardinals all have the same odds on the Hard Rock app. What if I... And someone in our Twitch chat room just brought up what I'm about to bring up, and I was thinking this before the show. What if the Steelers got Kirk Cousins? Now, granted, these odds would change. We get it. But that's it's why maybe you throw a few shekels down on somebody in mid-February before free agency begins in mid-March, before the draft in late April. But seriously, if you look at the Steelers, you go, eh, you know, they're pretty good, don't have a quarterback. You know, what if they get one? What if Atlanta? What's Atlanta's odds on the Hard Rock app? 40 to 1. Yeah, 33 to 1 here. Same odds as the Browns. What if the Falcons all of a sudden get Kirk Cousins? And the Vikings are 50 to 1, which they're saying they're not going to have Kirk Cousins. Exact same odds here. Tampa Bay, by the way, 50 to 1. Yeah, Tampa Bay 60 to 1 on the Hard Rock app. Which is interesting because there's no thought they're going to lose their quarterback. Now, they may very well lose Mike Evans. I've already seen reports where Evans is going to get $25 million a year on the open market. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Well, similar with the Vikings, I mean, they're probably going to lose Cousins and they might lose Jefferson too. Well, Jefferson's still under contract for a bit. Plus, they can start tagging Jefferson if they really want to. But Jefferson may not sign long-term with them. That's true. If Jefferson doesn't like what they're doing at the quarterback position, he may just – he's already said, I'm holding off on signing a contract until I see what we're doing at quarterback. The starting five is next. Welcome back to Miller & Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes till the top of the hour. That's when David Sampson joins us. Be very curious his thoughts on life and the pursuit of happiness that has transpired over the last few days. Not like there's anything that's happened or anything. You know, uh, Super Bowl and the, everything that went along with it. Never mind everything else going on in the sports world. David Sampson, top of the hour. Pat Kerwin in a little more than an hour. Right now, it is time for the starting five, five stories you need to know. It's the starting five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. Number one, the NFL. Most watched Super Bowl ever. That was easy to predict. First off, the league's arguably never been more popular. Secondly, games peak late. And this one had an entire fifth quarter. So they were going to carry that peak audience for a longer period of time than any Super Bowl ever. CBS and Nielsen estimate over 123 million 
viewers. 120 of that on CBS. Most so. watched television program since the moon landing. That, by the way, was 1969, if you're just looking for a little perspective. It's been a while. Uh, Chiefs will have their Super Bowl parade tomorrow. Is that how you celebrate Valentine's Day if you're in Kansas City? Honey! No, no, no. We're not going to go out to dinner. Okay? We're going to, you know, cut off from work, and we're going to go. We're going to stand out in the cold. Okay? By the way, I don't think Taylor will be in the parade, doesn't she? No, have to she's get in back? Australia, right? Yeah, she's. Doesn't she have to get on a plane and go back to work, young lady? Back to work. Someone in this relationship actually works for a living. <laughs> Somebody else has six months off. Love you, honey. Gotta go. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey—they both say we're not retiring. Andy will be 66 next month. Chiefs, obviously, with a chance to make history next year. No one's ever three-peated. Travis will start next season at 34 and turn 35 one month into it. He certainly looked good in the playoffs. He looked like the guy we had seen for the last half dozen years. Had his burst back. Huge second half, by the way. Eight receptions in the second half in overtime in the Super Bowl win. Uh, So the Cowboys made it official. Apparently, they were really considering Rex Ryan. But they went with Mike Zimmer's defensive coordinator. He's 67 years old, the former Vikings head coach who was a Dallas assistant for a long time. It's fascinating. Zimmer's personality, he loves Jerry Jones and the Cowboys organization. You know, Jerry and the Cowboys organization has got a rep with some in which, you know, they're not serious enough. Zimmer's a hard-nosed, Parcells-type guy. Sean Payton loves Jerry Jones and the Cowboys organization. So, it's interesting. I think Mark Zimmer is exactly what the Cowboys need. Okay, the Cowboys need to blow all the hot air out of the organization. And that starts with Jarrah. Jarrah needs to be angry all of next year when he does his radio show. He needs to be, I'm tired, I'm old, I'm fed up. These guys haven't proven anything. I'm spending $250 million plus, okay, and they haven't won squat. Are they any good? As far as I'm concerned, no. I'm just curious how Zimmer is going to prevent Dak from throwing interceptions in the postseason. Uh, yeah, he's going to have nothing to do with that, unfortunately. But I think that the Cowboys need a little bit more Mike Zimmer. I do. Uh, Steelers released three players yesterday, including A, their punter, Presley Harvin, but they also released Mitch Trubisky. They save about $13 million in salary cap space with the three guys they released. They only save about $3 million with Trubisky. They're still on the books for over $4 million with Trubisky, but they saved three by releasing him now. Uh, Mark, Trubisky was the first quarterback taken in the uh, 2017 draft. Do you know who the second quarterback taken was? Hmm. Um, wait for it. Um, he played Sunday night. Is it that Mahomes guy? 
you are correct, sir. Yes, that that's considered a miss, wouldn't you say? It is. I, that that's a miss. Yeah. Um, some college football news. UCLA went with Deshaun Foster. I like it. He had been with the Bruins for ten years. He literally had left a couple of weeks ago to go to the NFL and be a running backs coach with Vegas. Now he comes back. He's a former Bruin player, very popular, not only within the team, but even within the athletic department. And I think UCLA is going to need that going forward because it's going to be tough for them in the Big Ten. So, Can you say Nebraska? Well, without the tradition. Right. I mean, think about it. I mean UCLA had two good decades. They had the 80s and the 90s. That's what they were. The la- I could argue, Mark, the last time that UCLA played a meaningful, big, big-time game for UCLA, not like when they upset USC in 2006, which propelled Florida into the national title game, not when they posted a big upset, but when UCLA was playing for UCLA, 1998, they had a chance to play for the BCS title. They had an early season game against Miami, that got postponed because of a hurricane, and they played it like the first Saturday in December in Miami. Edger and James rushed for like 300 yards, all right, and the Canes upset UCLA and kept UCLA out of the BCS title game. It helped get Florida State in the game. A lot of upsets happened that day. If Tennessee upset Florida, then they get upset in the SEC title game. I mean, you know, it was, it was crazy the end of the 98 regular season. Anyway, um, he gets a five-year contract. He's going to need it. Gators lost their new strength and conditioning coach. They had, man, they were saying, this is a great hire. Okay, can't believe we got this guy, Craig Fitzgerald. Yeah, he's uh, good friends with Bill O'Brien. He left to go work at Boston College. Yeah. Let me tell you, better be good friends. You left Florida to go to Boston College. But then again, I mean, you know, don't all weight rooms look the same? I mean, you know, does no, it really matter? they do. But there's no doubt that that coach means a lot to a program. Well, also, the guy you just signed with in Florida, he could be in the final year of his tenure there. The guy who just signed at Boston College just got a five-year deal, and you figure he's going to get at least four. So, just saying. So now the Gators are back to square one with strength and conditioning. Hasn't been the best offseason for Florida. They needed a great offseason. It hasn't been great. It's been okay. At times, pretty good, but not great. Uh, NBA. Wimbayama, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks. How about that triple-double? That's the Mutombo triple-double, right? Sure is. The double-digit blocks last night. San Antonio's big win over Toronto. Uh, Houston, two free throws with basically no time left on the clock to beat the Knicks, 105-103. Philly snapped the Cavs' nine-game winning streak. Went into Cleveland, beat them 123-121 without Embiid. All right, for all the knocking of Doc Rivers that we've done, the Milwaukee Bucks team who showed up last night... They beat Denver 112-95.
They played a little defense. Giannis, 36 points, 18 rebounds. Hmm. Very interesting. Golden State won their fifth straight. They're over 500. They went into Utah, beat the Jazz by 22. And give it up for the T-Wolves. They went into Los Angeles last night. They were playing the Clippers for the one seed. They whooped them. 121-100. You buying the T-Wolves? David, I seriously, I don't know. It is so hard with who plays and who doesn't play on a nightly basis uh-huh. to find out who the best teams are. I don't think they're the best team in the West. But last night was a big prove-it game to go in and get the Clippers. That's impressive, David. That has to count for something. It's interesting. You know, the top two seeds in the West could be Minnesota and OKC. Just curious, you know, with and we all know who will be lined up behind them. And is anybody going to put good money on Minnesota and OKC? Are they going to put all their money on Denver and Phoenix and Dallas and possibly, you know, the Lakers and the Warriors, and you, you know the truth. Well, we'll start hearing about it often now that the Lakers, David, they're built for the playoffs. They're not built for the regular season. Mark, what I want to know is, with Mahomes and the Chiefs winning their uh, third Super Bowl, what does that do to LeBron's legacy? Well, it affects it, David, negatively. We'll, we'll have more uh, coming up later on Get Up. College Hoops, Duke held off Wake at Cameron last night, 77-69. You know, Mark, we should have bet that Texas Tech-Kansas game. Probably should have. Especially when we found out a couple hours before tip that Kansas is going to have two of their regular guys in the rotation not play. Yeah, they mailed one in in Lubbock last night. Texas Tech beat the Jayhawks 79-50. Uh, in state, Bethune a winner, FAMU a loser. FAMU's four and eighteen, but Mississippi Valley State's zero and twenty-four. They lost at home to Alcorn State. Mark Detroit Mercy's zero and twenty-six. Mississippi Valley State's zero and twenty-four. I feel horrible for those players. Do you know how hard that must be to go to practice every day? I know. You know, walk around campus. campus. I mean, that just has to be miserable. You go to class, okay, people start gossiping about you. You know, meanwhile, when you're on a good team, you go to class, they they applaud when you walk in. You know, instead this team, it's like, yeah, it's Johnny. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, the coaches and all that, I, I feel badly for them, but not the way I feel for the players. The coaches are getting paid handsomely to lose all these games. The, the players are the ones, there's not a lot of NIL money. <laughs> at Mississippi Valley State. Not right. No, there's not. Right. Uh, rankings came out yesterday. UConn, Purdue, Houston, Marquette, your top four seeds. So, in theory, they'd be the ones right now. Uh, FAU still ranked in the AP. They're 24th. They're out of the coaches' poll. Women's hoops, South Carolina, Ohio State, Stanford, Iowa, your top four in the country. South Carolina is still unbeaten. Rangers have won five in a row. They shut out Calgary 2-0. New Jersey got a goal and assist from Jack Hughes. They beat Seattle 3-1. Philly with three in the third beat Arizona 5-3. Minnesota with three in the third beat Vegas 5-3. Good thing we didn't bet it. And Northeastern won the bean pot for the fifth time in six years. They beat BU in overtime. The bean pots, the four Boston area hockey teams, Northeastern, BU, BC, and Harvard. They play over two weeks every year. It's kind of a thing. 
Uh, remember that proposed arena in Northern Virginia for the Caps and the Wizards? Yeah, the person who's in charge of the money in the Virginia Senate, yeah, she said, quote, the deal is dead. Huh. Well, so everyone else is like, no, what are you talking about? Including the governor. But she's like, well, I control the money. As far as I'm concerned, it's dead. Uh, college baseball, the Gators signed their head coach, Kevin O'Sullivan, to an extension for nine more years. He's making nearly $2 million a year. Hmm. To coach college and, baseball. Yeah. Okay. No, granted, I mean it's the top five program in the country. Yeah, I understand. I just, I that's one. I that's SEC money, and I get yep. it. Does the baseball program deliver that kind of revenue? Well, uh, we'll take a look. And uh, Tiger Woods officially partnering with TaylorMade to launch. Get ready for it. Sun Day Red. Three separate words. It's not Sunday Red. Remember, he wears. The red shirt on Sundays. It's Sun Day Red. That's his new brand in conjunction with TaylorMade. Uh, Tiger playing in his tournament uh, this week, uh, the Genesis out in uh, California. So there you go. And at eight minutes before the hour, that was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller & Moulton. You get it? Sun, day, red. Apparently, he doesn't have a caddy because he let LaCava lead him full-time to go work for Cantlay. So he's borrowing some guy who's a caddy and for a corn fairy guy who just got promoted onto tour and doesn't have a tournament to play in this week. So he's using him for this week. But he literally did say Charlie might be on his bag. I mean, for the master. I mean, seriously, he's like, I... I don't have a caddy right now. Mark, you want a caddy for Tiger? No. <laughs> Can't keep up? 